I'll skip right through the intro, giving my brother a hard time for being the most competitive in our family and coaching me through nine holes of golf on Friday, but beating me. So, okay, second closing, here we go. It will legit be quick. Um, it's weird when you have two services. Honestly, if we didn't have special events planned today, we likely would have just uh, kept worship going and dismissed from that and been okay not to preach. Uh, we're absolutely okay with the Lord taking over an agenda or a plan that we think we may have. Um, but at any rate, uh, with two services, I preached this message already. So if I don't preach one to you, it's not on live stream, and then everybody else can hear it. So we'll go quick. Um, but let me just, let me forward right to the point. Um, we, 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 I, we've all been through a tough season, and the pandemic, the civil unrest, the racial tensions, so many, 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 many different things going on over the last few months. Uh, I found myself around May or April just feeling frustrated, feeling controlled, uh, feeling um, just, just honestly starting to find uh, some areas I went to a couple years ago with depression. And uh, I found out that I am a high-functioning depressionist. I can just keep going, keep pushing through, keep burying things, and it gets worse. But I found out that I found some of these habits and frustration coming on again and even starting to, to kind of move into some depression or just let down and different things and struggles. So I, I picked three words, and I just held on to them in the last several months, and I'm just going to speak about one of them today. Uh, so the first one was trust. I picked that word because I just need to trust in the Lord, trust in the process, trust Him, know that even the guys in the fiery furnace said a prayer that no matter what, we know you can bring us through this, but no matter what, we trust you. The next one I picked was resilient, all right, just being flexible, understanding there's going to be change, understanding Governor DeWine might do things that I even disagree with or not or whatever that changes the way we do church, changes the way we do life, changes if we wear masks or not, etc., and then the third word I picked was thankfulness. And that was critical to my process over the last few months of literally changing my attitude, changing the way I think, and changing my perspective. I found myself just even this week in a deer stand just beginning to thank the Lord. And I just started saying out loud, uh, now my deer stand is enclosed, it's got windows, it's like the Taj Mahal. Um, pretty much September through February, I call it a deer stand. Any other time of the year, the kids call it a treehouse. So, at any rate, I found myself just saying this out loud. Thank you, Lord, for our property. Thank you, Lord, for our home. Thank you for health. Thank you that I have the ability to work out. Thank you for the breath of life. And just started just the very basic things. Then we have Friendsgiving last week with a bunch of cool young people. And, uh, and with that, we started to just go around the, the room and say, what are you most thankful for? What's one thing? You can pick one thing. And it was just interesting, about 50% of the young people there said community or friendship or family. But so many said community. And I started Googling, like, what's the most thankful things? And it's God, Jesus. It's, it's community and family. And then usually health are the top three. Not in all that order, but that's kind of my order. Uh, but at any rate, this was one of the things that the young people were most thankful for was community. And there was other great things as we went around. And I just began to just press into that, just being thankful for, for community. In 1 Thessalonians, I'll, I'll elaborate on this next week, but it says, give thanks in all things. In all things, give thanks. Thank the Lord for everything. And sometimes we overlook just the basic, um, simple things. There's so many people watching online today that couldn't come in person. So those of us who are here are thankful that we made it here. Those of you who are online watching, you actually get to watch online and still tune in. So just the simple things, waking up this morning. 
waking up with a breath of life. With most of you who drove here, you probably used a car. We're, most of us live in warm houses, and these are the things of the simple things. Um, but community was, was very popular. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 talks about the importance of community and talks about uh, being a body, and Paul puts it in different words, but, but today we had more people enter into the kingdom of God and enter into an official public commitment to relationship into the kingdom family. So I just felt it was fitting to talk about this. And I was reading a, a magazine, a relevant magazine, and it talked about the top 10 benefits of community biblically. And I don't have time to elaborate on any of those in my 16 uh, minutes or 17 total. I think what I have about eight remaining. Um, so I have 14 remaining. Okay, got it. So anyways, it was challenged to be more like Jesus, meet practical needs, carrying each other emotionally, revealing our gifts and talents, and serving, serving one another, serving together. The next one was, was opening our eyes to the needs of others, empowering our relationship with God, helping meet our need for love. We need each other. We were not designed to be alone. We were not designed to be on the earth alone. We get to benefit from community. Um, offering opportunities for confession, holding each other accountable, but yet encouraging one another and dusting each other off when we fall. Teaching us to work through conflict and giving us a chance to forgive. Those are two things you'd never get to do if no one was ever around you. If no other person exists on the earth, you would never have conflict and you'd never have to forgive anybody. Those are benefits of community and, and, and among others. I have a whole list. So I started praying and processing some of this. And, and the reality is we talk often about, and we even have family up here, and that we're, we, we have created and creating, continuing to cultivate a culture of family in the church, not just membership. And I've learned early in leadership, six, seven, eight years ago when Nicole and I took over the church, that members come and go, but families stick together. And that's, that's the truth, and that's the reality. People will come and go, and, and people in workplaces will come and go, and people even called friends will come and go. But when you make covenant in your family, you've always got each other's backs. And you may be distant. You may grow apart. You may move from different states, etc. But you're covenant, and you've got each other's backs, and families stick together. At least they're supposed to. So I, I came up with this thing that church members fall, in my opinion, under five categories. First is the committed members, the loyal members. They're going to be there every week. They're committed. They're going to support the vision, etc. Then the next one are convenient members. Those are people that, okay, if the music's good and it's not too loud, I'll, I'll go. And if I like the preaching, I'll, I'll go. And, and if that's, that's good, yeah, I like those people, I'll go. But it's convenient. And if that service is less than two hours, it's not going to be today. If that service is less than an hour and a half or an hour, then, then I'll go. That's convenient members. The next ones we move along are, are critics. Those are the people in the church that they leave complaining about more than bragging about what was good. And those are the critics that say, well, it's about me. Same thing with convenient. It's about me. Convenient is about me. It's not what value I can add. And convenient and critics, they begin to complain. And instead of seeing uh, a problem as, as a way to offer something to the church, they see a problem and they just whine about it. It's their critics. I didn't like the preaching. It didn't go deep enough. He didn't interpret enough. You know, I didn't like the music. It wasn't even in the key I sing in. And they were on that song for 20 minutes, the same song over and over and over and over. What were they doing for 20 minutes on the same song? Those are critics, right? And it's what can I get, not what can I give. We teach our kids when they come home and they complain about something. We're like, listen, if that's the problem, what solution are you going to bring? Well, they, we don't have this at our school. Well, then start a club. Well, we don't have this at church. And we don't have, start a group. 
Start something. Well, and you might be one of those critics, like, man, there's just no one my age. Well, invite people. <laughs> Our kids have done that in the past about youth group. Well, there's really no one my age. Well, then bring a friend. It's your youth group to grow. You own it. We're family. This is home, and we all contribute to part of this. The next ones and the, the, the final negative one are cop-outs. That's when you're just like, I'm bouncing. I don't care. And typically, what I would call a cop-out is somebody who leaves without even saying anything or even out without meeting, and it's over complaint or maybe an offense that they never even shared. And that, to me, is a cop-out because we have a culture here of conflict and confrontation in a healthy way. Now, listen, let me just say all this by saying, I know that we are not the best or right church for everybody. I get it. There is a beautiful bride. Uh, she is beautiful. She's diverse. And there's so many different places to go worship and, and do this. But, but back to the convenience thing. Church was never meant to be a consumer thing where it's all about me. Sundays, our first priority and our first ministry gets to be unto the Lord. And we get to give him a living sacrifice of ourself and worship first. And then we get to meet the needs of each other and serve one another. This is not a consumer thing. So, so then the last one, though, this is a great one, and it's one of my favorites, but it's still hard, are the commissioned. And those people are coming, they may stay, they may leave, and they're commissioned on assignment and sent. And Paul would do the, through the laying on of hands, he would commission or anoint and bless and send. There's a sending. So that's, that's my category of, of, of memberships, okay? Can anybody relate to some of those or know that those exist I'm not going to ask what one you are, okay? You, you have to determine that when you get in the car and you drive home. You'll kind of know yourself of what your conversations look like for the next hour, right? So, but at any rate, we're not looking for members, and we're not even looking for any of those. I love the committed members. I love the commissioning, but we're looking for family, which is covenant. Covenant means I've got your back, and I know you've got mine, even when I turn it and you're not stabbing me in the back. Covenant means I'll take a bullet for you, even if occasionally it's from you. Covenant means we're going to work through our conflict. And this is the things that we're thankful for that we get to steward and that we get to, to be a part of. And let me just share just a few last things here. It's first closing. I want to share what family is, and then I want to share what family isn't. Family is a picture of Ruth and Naomi. And when you see the value of loyalty and you see the value of even when it's not my favorite song that week, I'm coming back next week and I'm going to be the first one to lift my hands and be up front to just glorify God because it's not about my preference of song. It's about him being worthy of worship. So as we get through this Ruth and Naomi and we get through the story to Boaz, like this is an incredible thing that, that, that Ruth and, and Boaz, how, what happened there. So Naomi had two sons, and, and Naomi had these sons, and they passed away. So she had these two daughter-in-laws, and she gave them the choice. Basically, she was telling them, go home to your families now. And Ruth said, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. And Ruth chose loyalty to reach her destiny. So, so let, me, let me just make a connection here. By choosing loyalty and covenant with Ruth, it led literally to the lineage of Jesus. If you didn't know this, Jesus is the lineage from David, and David's grandmother is Ruth. By choosing loyalty and choosing covenant and making that one choice, all of a sudden it changed the destiny forever. If you think about the story with Elijah and Elijah, it was, it was Elijah says, I want the double portion. And every city they journey through, Elijah, Elisha would get offered these, these opportunities to lead in that community or lead a ministry in that community or pastor that community. And it was always a no because his yes was building interest for the double portion. 
Our yeses and noes have to be so calculated in the Lord to know where is he taking us? Where is he keeping us? What is he doing in this season? And this has been a very covenant testing season. And let me just tell you, there's been people that's been squeezing. There's been people that stayed. There's been people that's left. And I was listening to a message from Stephen Furtick. And he says, thank God for who's left. Thank God who's still there. Thank God for the remnant that's staying in the church. Thank God for those who are still coming because they're going to have your back because they've weathered the storm with you together. I understand we're not the favorite place for everybody, nor should we be because there is this diverse bride that's beautiful and not everybody is wrong. I was raised in a system that we were the only right ones. No, no, that's not the case. It is beautiful, it is wide, it is big, and there are a ton of Jesus-loving churches out there that preach from the same Bible I'm preaching from today. And we celebrate that. Let me finish this. What it isn't. And you can cue the beautiful music, Jason. Last time it got a little weird, so I'm going to try not to get so weird this time. So, so at any rate, Joseph, this is a picture of what family isn't. Joseph's brothers didn't get their platform. They didn't get their sparkly, shiny, colorful coat. They didn't get the blessing of the Father. They didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get that promotion. They didn't get that, that spotlight on the stage or that spot on the worship team or that teaching spot. But guess what? They did. Instead of choosing to love Joseph, who got the favor and the blessing, the coat of many colors, they sent him and they put him in a pit and sold him to slavery. That's not family. Let me just say what Bill Johnson says, family and honor is celebrating who one another is without stumbling over who you're not. Family looks at each other with who you're supposed to be, who you're called to be, rather than your destiny. They're, they're looking at your history rather than your destiny. That's, that's family supposed to see destiny, not history. Family celebrating one another. Family celebrating where these children that got baptized or this child that got dedicated to where they're supposed to be in life. And when they fall, we don't kick them down and, and tell them, I told you so. And No, we brush them off. We love them right where they're at. Yesterday, we had these amazing stories come in about the Thanksgiving dinners. Man, they were powerful. We gave around 70 turkey dinners out. We could have easily used 100 or more and more teams. There's need out there. There's need right across the street. We begin to go in these homes and pray for people. And we, we met a, a, a gentleman yesterday, David. And I recognized David's face. I said, did we give you a turkey dinner a couple years ago? He's like, yeah. Did you share this story already, this service? And, and he's, I was like, hey, we prayed for your knee, didn't we? He's like, yeah. And he was healed that day. I remember it two years ago. And I was like, well, how's your knee? Because he was going to have to get surgery. We prayed for him, and like, he's bouncing around and squatting when we were done praying that day. He's like, he's like it's good. And I was like, does that mean it's good? He's like, yeah, I've been good. I've been fine. And, and one team went into this, this home where these two women were married together and living to, with one another. And, and I'm not saying that's a lifestyle that we agree with. It is not. We don't feel that's pleasing to the Lord. But we love people. And they begin to pray for this couple. And they begin to pray for them. And they begin to cry. And this beautiful moment, we, we did story after story after story. We weren't stumbling over the houses we were going in and the sin we were seeing. Or if somebody was doing this or that or not coming to our church. It's not about somebody coming to our church building. It's not about if somebody's in lifestyle that you disagree with. It's about loving them and loving them where they are so that Christ can intervene. And it's the gentleness and the kindness and the goodness of God that lead men to repentance. So in community, we get to celebrate and lift one another up. And, and we, get to, we get to embrace one another and also encourage one another when we fall. That's the biggest thing about community. And let me, let me finish this story. 
There's a story where Joshua was taking the next generation to the promised land. Now, now if you don't know this story, Moses had the, the vision, the dream, but Joshua had the vision to fulfill it. So Moses was given this download that, that there was going to be a promised land. But Joshua was the one, it was the next generation that actually accomplished it. Same thing with David and Solomon. David had this dream, but, but it was Solomon that had the vision to fulfill it. We need to pass these mantles on to the next generation. Nicole and I's uh, next eight years is just pouring into the next generation. That's our heart. Our heart is to slowly let go of this ministry and this role, to assume a different role to just champion the next generation and leading this place, leading this region, leading this state and this nation and the world. That's our heart. We want to champion a generation. So Joshua's there, and, and, and you can find this in Joshua 5, 2 through 9, if, you, if, you want to, if you're taking notes. And he, he gets to the river, and he's like, wait, wait a second. Our dads and even our grandpas, they, they've, for generations, they were circumcised, which is a sign of covenant. It's the symbol of covenant, circumcision. They've been circumcised. We haven't. Our generation hasn't been circumcised. And Joshua's looking, and he's like, you, you haven't been circumcised. Covenant costs something. But like Acts 2, it costs. They sold everything they had. But then it says they met the needs of each other. They, they rejoiced with gladness. They praised him. Signs and wonders followed them. It says thousands were added to them daily. Because here's the thing. People from the outside want genuine community. They want people of integrity. They want people who are vulnerable and real. And people that say it's okay to not be okay. We're just not going to let you stay there. That's community. You don't have to be perfect. Man, Destiny, where is she? She's still in it. She's probably serving. I am so proud of her for what she did today. Such courage. She lived with us for a year or two, and her dad's here, and just, just amazing. When you mess up and, and you can stand in front of a church and just say, hey, I've struggled. I, I'm, not, I'm not this picture-perfect person, but I'm going to burn for Jesus because he's impacted my life. Man, I was just over there weeping like, man. I want to be that courageous. I want to be that vulnerable. I want to be that real. I want to live my life that real. Anyway, Joshua, he comes to this river, and they all get circumcised. And for two weeks, if you read the translation, you go to even the Hebrew interpretation, they reflected and they honored the generation before them. For two weeks, as they healed and they recovered, they spent that time worshiping Jesus and honoring the generation before them. And all of a sudden, it opens up and they, they get to the promised land. There's so much to do with community and that, that saying, hey, here's what Joshua was saying. He's like, hey, our dads and our grandpas, it costs them. They paid a price for something they're not even going to see. We get this blessing, but it needs to cost us something. I think what he's saying is, I need to know if you're covenant or if you're just convenient. I need to know if you're covenant or if you're just a critic. I need to know before we cross this river to go to the promised land and maybe go to battle, I need to know if you're covenant or if you're going to be a cop-out, because I need to know you got my back. So they were circumcised, and they moved into the promised land, and then it was through worship, honor, and covenant that I believe the Lord opened it up, and the walls came down, and eventually gets to the promised land. Why don't you stand with me? I was probably really close to 18 minutes. I repent if I wasn't. We're truly in a season of squeezing. We're in a season of figuring things out. And I get there's going to be change. I get that there's going to be transition. We are okay with that. But I believe the Lord is looking for a remnant people, a chosen people, people who have laid down lovers who are going to choose covenant over convenient. 
who are going to choose covenant over being critics, who are going to choose covenant over being complainers or complacent and, 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 and being um, cop-outs. I just really believe that. It's going to be a covenant with commissions, commissionings. It's going to be good. We're excited. We're excited for what the Lord's doing. We're excited to move it in the new year, and we are so thankful for each one of you. But I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. I believe what Corey said is something really resonating on that, that he's bringing us back to our first love, our first covenant. He, we love because he first loved us. So I'd love to just pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this people. I thank you for covenant. I thank you for community, Lord. We come to you with thankful hearts in all things. Lord, let us not take for granted this season anything. Let us not take for granted health or simplicity or, or just the basic needs of life. More importantly than anything, Lord, let us not take for granted you. Let us be thankful for you. You alone. Just, just begin right now, everyone. Just begin to just cultivate that in your heart and search out your heart. That you alone, Lord, are enough. You alone are enough. We don't need wealth, fame, or riches, Lord. You alone are enough. We don't need a ton of people to accomplish your mission here on earth. You alone are enough. You are worthy. We bless you. We're so thankful for you, Lord. Lord, let us choose this day you. Let us choose you. Let us first and foremost choose covenant with you, Lord. You've given yourself as a sacrifice. You blood. You gave us a blood covenant on Calvary. Your exchanges are way, way better than what we can give, but you've just given yourself, Lord. We thank you for that. Lord, let us too choose covenant with each other. Let us love you and let us love one another so well. Lord, even your word says they'll know that we're, that we're your disciples by the love we show one to another. Let us love really well. Let us love you and let us love one another. Lord, we bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, tonight's 6 o'clock. We'd love to have you party with us and have a pizza party and fun. And uh, we're going to decorate the church for Christmas. And uh, so we would love to have you. Otherwise, God bless you guys. You are God's covenant people, and we love you. Thanks for being here. God bless you.